Hey, what's up, guys? Hi. Hello. Details cracking up in the corner. I'm, I am not in the corner, sir. I am front and center at this table, <laughs> ready to podcast for uh, the Scrublands. How was your break? Oh, by the way, by the way, uh, Chris Casby here, Daniel Sale, Christopher Burrows, and our friend and Time Capsule owner, Mr. Rick Ralston. Say hello. Hello. Pleased to be here. Awesome. Woo. So, uh, Sale, how was your break, man? Um, Did you get your drink on at the Fallout? I didn't know. Oh, what'd you do? You don't need to know what I went and did. Oh, okay. You guys stayed here until like 4 a.m. and podcasted, <laughs> and I had a very good night not podcasting. Oh, all right. All so, right. A little cryptic detail. Yeah. yeah. I don't, well, see, if I tell you now, then the whole internet knows. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. The whole internet doesn't need to know. Gotcha. Now. We'll blog spot it later. <laughs> That's not the whole internet. Nobody reads that. So. <laughs> well, Facebook it. Everyone knows that. that. It's Facebook official. Uh, so what happened? Nothing happened to Magic Cards this weekend, right? I mean, there was some stuff. <laughs> nothing happened. I mean, Absolutely nothing happened. Okay. Nothing if, ever if happens. If by nothing you mean Grand Prix Prague. That's nothing. <laughs> I meant I meant Grand Prix Prague when yep. I meant, when I said nothing. And uh, who won? Some Prague-ish dude. I don't know. What do they call those people? Checks. They're checks, okay. They're checks. They're not progs, right? Uh, no, they're not progs. Can they be progs? <laughs> they're definitely progs now. Um, God, what? Why? You're just trying to get hate mail. I love hate mail. <laughs> I love it. It gives me something to do. People stop sending me deck lists. So I'm like, fuck well, it. I'll start insulting people. <laughs> I'll start insulting people until you send me deck lists again. Like, I shit on Brad Nelson in the last cast and Diesel edited it out. <laughs> I had to, dude. It was pretty brutal. Like, uh, so send us hate mail and deck lists. Like, <laughs> it's the only thing that keeps me going. <laughs> well, Kansby can't make fun of Asian people anymore. He's run out of material. It's true. I mean, oh, they, they kind of make fun of themselves, you know? Me and Casby were writing a stand-up set at, at lunch today. It's true. It was we're gonna, awful. We're gonna, like, can you do stand-up with two people? Like the, yeah. Like, it's like Penn and Teller and shit like that. I don't think we'll be like Penn and Teller. No, I don't think so either. We, uh, it, it's awful because we weren't drinking. We were just eating subs. Like, we're not funny when we're sober. I don't know. I don't think we're funny when we're you're drunk. Not, yeah, you're not funny ever. So. The Indian guy running the shop thought we were funny. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's like one. Yeah, dude, that's... Many I'm starting a new career. Right? Yeah. Like uh, podcasting's over, it's done. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, magic cards. Uh, yeah. So this past weekend was the uh, Star City Games uh, Open NV uh, qualifier, and uh, Rick Ralston hosted it. It was really awesome. Tell us uh, what was it like hosting this big event? Okay, the Super Imitational Qualifier. It yeah. was fun. It was exhausting. It. Almost didn't happen the night before, thanks to the hotel, but my wow. friends came together and helped me out. Um, I had two rooms. It was set up. It was supposed to hold 150 people. I told them, you need to set it up for 150. I'm going to think big, estimate big. Yeah. Uh, we got there that night, and they was set up for 70 people. Nice. And so we panic, or I panic. We run down to the front desk. We're like, this is not right. She's like, okay, well, we'll fix it. I'm like, I'll tell you what. I got lots of people here. Uh, give us the keys to the storage room. We'll go set it up ourselves. So we get back up there and get in the storage room. They don't have any more tables. They have plenty of chairs, but no tables. Wow. So fortunately, my friend Sam has a truck. So we drove back to the store. Grabbed your table. Every single yeah. table we had, brought it back, set it up. It ended up we could seat like 110 people plus the dealer tables plus the registration table, which worked out pretty good because we ended up with 73 people. 
and so it wasn't super crowded. You know, yeah. everyone was able to get around. So they they cut you a discount, right? Uh, I haven't because gone there yet, but I'm, I'm assuming so. I'll probably just tell them, listen, you know, I'll, I'll run in here again. Because, I mean, it was a pretty nice venue. They didn't give us any shit, you know. We it was a pretty awesome whatever. venue. You know, we they didn't, they, they, no one complained about anything, you know. Uh, I, the Magic players less trash everywhere, so, I mean. Of course. It's typical. But, you know, I mean, I haven't heard anything from them. I'm going to go by and say, listen, you know, you guys kind of screwed me on this, but give me a deal on the next one, you know, run the room again, see what he does from there. Cool. You know? cool. It was on the second floor. I don't like events on the second floor. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, but, that makes me have to work harder. Well, there's an there's elevator. An elevator. Did you know about the elevator? Yeah. Okay. All right. But that takes too long. You're not the one that had to, to carry six foot tables up the stairs the night before. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was a lot of work for there, me. There is no meeting place on the first one. <laughs> so, uh, so who ended up winning? Who won? Okay. If you look at the results, it says Mark Styles won. Right. And that was because we had to have a winner for the thing. The, the, the finals were not played out. It was late. The judges were tired. And, uh, uh, Josh Adams, who shows up in second place, uh, graciously just dropped. so that Because they, they both got the invites. Yeah. The only reason to play that would have been for bragging rights slash DCI points. Right. Because the top four, um, the, the payout, as stated for the qualifier, was 400, 200, 100, 100, 50, 50, 50, 50. Uh, Star City was pretty explicit about the only things that can be discussed is even split of the prize at the top eight, the top four, and the top two. Gotcha. They, they didn't do any discussions at the top eight. So they played the top eight, and those guys all got fifty bucks in the play map, which some people like and some people hate. Mm. Um, they asked me. I mean, that being about, said, like they could probably hock it. Yeah. <laughs> like if they hate it, they could probably. But one guy sell just it. gave it away. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. One of the guys probably just gave the play map away. He's like, here, you, ha- you take it. Wow. But uh, they got to the top four, and they all agreed to a split. So that was two hundred dollars each. So they all walked out with two hundred dollars. Awesome. And then uh, they played the next round, obviously, to see who got the invites. And then you know, considering that the uh, one of the rounds of Cobblade. Versus Cowboy lasted almost two hours because the rounds were untimed. The, the, the judges were pretty pretty happy to to, to end the tournament there. So so over, so, yeah. so on technically Mark Styles won. Uh, he's the winner in terms of the list. Uh, you know, had they played out, who knows? Uh, Josh Adams pretty convinced he could have won because he apparently wrecked Cowboy all day. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. It's it's Cowboy. It can win. You know. I mean, so as, as we've seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So hard hard to say, but that that's that's what happened. It was you know it. It was half Cobblade variants in the top eight, but still there was a valid cut. That's better than most top yeah. eight. Better than the open seven of eight, right? Yeah. I mean, there was a valid cut, uh, the Hawkward deck, uh, Rug, and Goblins were the other four decks. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this Goblins deck. I really I really do want to see it. It Apparently, what, what, how, how did it place? I'm surprised uh, Josh Adams wasn't the Joe, one playing it's, uh, it. It's Joe Pucuk. Pu- Pycook. Pycook. Yeah. Um, apparently, he didn't take a loss until the final round of Swiss, and even then, it was some like, kind of weird situation that he took a loss. I don't know. He was, yeah, he was explaining uh, it to uh, me. Uh, I didn't really. Apparently, yeah, he, he apparently steamrolled through the thing. Uh, Devin Horn beat him with Valakut. It was very close. Yeah. Uh, uh, I watched game one. It wasn't close at all. <laughs> no, game one. Game one, he like kept a one lander and didn't get past well, one lander. And then, he, and then, then, then Valakut just cr- crushed him. In game two, he steamrolled Valakut. Um, and then game three, I guess it was close. That's the one. Yeah, where, game three, so, Devin Horn found his five board or seven board cards against him. Like, right. Well, he had Obstinate Bailiff and several Green Suns to go get more Obstinate Bailiff. Uh, and he had, he was playing like what? Sl- two Slag Storms and three Power Clasms? Like, I, uh, Red Deck wins can't beat that. Like, right. right. So know. the really I'm, interesting thing about this deck, I think, is that it's got four main deck Shrine of Burning Rage. Yeah, that card seems That's good. a card that people were talking about. And it seemed good all day. It, um, it, I, I never looked at it and 
I like I saw him like have two of them on the table at once, one at three and one at two. That seems and pretty good. It just you know it was inevitable. Like you need to find a way to kill me or it's going to get really turns. bad. Yeah. It's like oh here's my early game plan of all these goblins and one drops. Here's my late game plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was weird because like uh, when it first came out, some people were talking about whether or not it belonged to Red Deck wins, and I was kind of of the school that I felt like it was a little slow. Yeah. Um, and right. I still feel like it's a little slow. I think it fits in the big red deck, but I mean, in practice, it seemed like it was fine. Like they were. Yeah. Well, I mean, two to play, three to sack, but you got to think about it, you're not going to be sacking it forever, and you're going to run well out of things to do at that point. Right. So I don't know. It looked pretty saucy. I like I like decks with a million four ofs. Yeah, I just love I, consistency. I mean, I guess the only thing you can say about it is that um, it's probably the only thing in your deck that these decks can target with all their main deck artifact removal that right. they have in there to kill swords and everything. Else. <laughs> so, so a lot of times it probably doesn't get a chance to do anything because they're like, oh, I can use this nature's claim now. You know? right. yeah. Can I throw this Can I throw this shrine at a creature in a pinch? Yeah. Is it uh, only yes. players? Um, I'm pretty creatures. Sure. Um, I also like the four crushes in his board because it plays around Spellskite. So yeah, does not play around mental misstep, which no one was playing. So. Yeah, how does crush play around? Its... Oh, because it can't a target spells. It's a non-creature, mm. yeah. and you can tell Wizards yeah. thinks that that card's going to be good because it's the highest. I got in my gateway foils today, which are the foils Wizards send stores to give out. However, you choose for like your non Friday night magic events or to give out to new players or whatnot. And they, they give you two ones they give you a lot of, and then they give you one that they only give you a little bit of. Right, and the ones that got a lot of were that green. Splicer that costs like seven. seven yeah, that things sweet. into play. Yeah, and the other one's pretty good though. The other one is the uh, Vault Scourge. Nice alternate art Vault Scourge looks really nice. Sweet. And and the one you only get a little bit of is the the Red Shrine. That's the one they gave. It's you. the Red that. Shrine. That's that's shrine the one. So Wizards obviously thinks that's thought that was going to be good. Uh, they man, I want to see the alternate art on that. Sometimes they just put out janky cards as their promos, like you know, because whatever. They they just want to give them to Edward. You know, like, hey, here's the spoil. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> and then you get to, like, kick it around the parking lot or, you know, set it on fire. Whatever. Whatever. I, I, like, those cards have value. Like. That's $15. Per, uh, no, it's like, just, like, personally for me. Oh, like, okay. like you burn them. Well, because, like, they were <laughs> Set giving, them ablaze. Well, they were handing out, like, Pathraiser of Ulamogs for a while. At, like, like, everybody in this draft got one. Where was I? Uh, I was in, like, it I was at some Grand Prix or something stupid. And it's just, they're just like throwing these Pathraiser of Ulamogs at like everyone they could could find. So like they were literally just like on the floor, getting kicked around, and just like disregarded in every way. It's like it's we're like it's not a good card. Those were the most awful two cards that they chose to give away as the promos. It what was, was it? Bad. It was Pathraiser and Curse of Wizardry. Yes. Yeah. It's like here, you guys want some completely unplayable cards? Because here, here they are. That's the worst set of gateway <laughs> like, probably ever. Path of Wizardry, man. That's it. That was Curse of Wizardry. Curse yeah. of Wizardry. And I think yeah. if you check Josh Adams' deck, I think he was playing the White Shrine. Uh, he was. Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, that seems pretty good in so uh, this the Tempered Because they're all artifacts. Yeah. Uh, so this deck has... Uh, but the white, I, I talked to, I talked to him they... on the day, and he said, yeah, I never played the Hex Parasites. I never brought them in. Like, just ever. Because we, we were talking about just the format in general and, like, how you feel and what, like, what, what can we do to, like, you know curb the power of some of these blade well, this, decks. This deck wins before they resolve a Gideon. Right. Well, and so, <laughs> Which is why I think that's in there. He was just like, yeah, the Hex Parasites just... I, well, because I assumed he had them in his main deck. And he was like, no, not in the main deck. They're in the board, but they didn't seem good, so I've brought them in, like, maybe once. Right. I, there's... I, like, I didn't care. And, like, he's got Phyrexian Devour... Or Phyrexian Revoker 
in the main deck, right? That card's good. Yeah, so, uh, like, that card is very, very good, and it, it does exactly what he wants it to do, which is no- normally, like, what, name a sword? Yeah. Or name Stoneforge Mystic? Uh, I think probably it's in there because Stoneforge you can't beat a Gideon. It can, well, it can just kind of name whatever you want to name, well, so... Okay, yeah. well, they Stoneforge Batterskull against you, and you're like, okay, Stoneforge, so you can't get the Batterskull because you're going to die before turn five, so... Right. So, I mean, that was... It was a saucy list. Um, I saw some weird decks there, like that White Weenie combo deck showed up, and a fair force, yeah, actually. I saw was... at least, like, half a dozen players piloting it. So, uh, what, what what this deck does is... Uh, we explained it last week. Uh, you, you play Metamorph on Lean and Relic Order... And do this weird little infinite targeting itself, so you get infinite triggers of coming to play. Yeah. With life gain, you get a million life. You got a Johnny Primate in play. You make them huge. Your last trigger, you take their sword, copy their sword, equip it to your Primate, and swing from. I mean, lane. that's a closet. That's that's like a very corner case. Like it, you're, that's not going to happen a whole bunch, really. I really, you're just making a Johnny's Primate big enough, so it's not. They're not able to deal with it. That right. being said, you know, the Royal is really prevalent in the format, so. I mean, there's a lot of... Well, just a lot of residual so, hate kind yeah. of just caught it. Yeah. Well, so Into the Royal is is the answer anyway. Like, if you're if they know what they're doing, or they, as soon as they understand how your combo is going to work, they just respond to, the you know, whatever the last piece coming in is, the Metamorph, I guess. And your combo turns off. And, like, you're playing this mono-white deck that has no... Like, what you can't do anything about it. And I, I think the real reason it didn't get there, because, like, it's obviously very good. Like, going infinite on life is usually good enough to win a game. You don't have to swing in for lethal on the same turn you went infinite for life. Like, that's pretty right. irrelevant at that point. Right. Um, you can take a couple turns or try to deck them or do something stupid. But uh, really, this deck needs some other engine of, like, drawing cards or, like, creating a loop somehow. Because, like, it's just, it's not redundant enough. Just because you give a garbage deck an infinite combo doesn't make it a good deck. I mean... Like, Soul Sisters, I thought, was garbage back in the day. Like, I don't know. Well, they're they're playing... The the reason it died is because... They uh, lost the Soul Sisters. Yeah, well, it used to have eight Soul Wardens, (sighs) and it went down to four, so it's not playable. And now... It has 12. It was was already... Right right now it has 12. Because it has Sutra Priest and Metamorph. Oh, well, whatever. Um... Basically, you went from a deck that wasn't very good to begin with, or it was like already got sort of on the outs. We got a worse version of one of its key pieces, and now we're going to try to play it again. Right. Like, it, um, I it, will say that uh, the priest, the Sutra priest, is actually a pretty decent out. I want to say it's a Grixis combo. Like, if they can't deal with it, like if they can't deal with either of your soul wards, they can't really go off. Yeah. Well, the Sutra priest. Uh, I, I want to say it's a better version. Uh, it, it sucks that it costs one more mana, but that I mean that that balances it. If it costs one mana, it'd just be insane. But it's a better version because you're an aggro deck and you're all about incremental beats. And if you can just get in those extra few points in the beginning, there are a lot of situations because the deck is like mostly creatures. I've been I I I put the deck in a lot of situations when I when I played against it uh, in testing and t- twice on the day where I just was taking them out of cards, and I was like, okay, well, I need you not to rip creatures for, like, two turns because I'm out of kill spells because I'm all one-for-ones, and I can't find my pyroclasm, and they were just like, here, I've got all these dudes. I'm not even running that many lands. Yeah, it's like, I've got 30 creatures. Also, gonna I think one of the upgrades that people didn't see that they should have is that Glimmer point posts have been in all the internet lists, and why aren't they just tech edges? Like, they should just be tech edges. They just... uh. 
In a deck like this that's so synergistic, you really just want the triggers on your bridemaid, I feel like. I mean, there's just so many other ways to get the triggers, especially when you're already running Kabir Crossroads. And Tech Edge just, just puts everything already... I, I feel like this list need. I feel like this is a good combo that's being used inappropriately right now. Like, I feel like it's in the wrong... It's like a good... It needs a better shell, because right now, mono-white aggro is, I feel like, not the way to go. Like, if we were to add something like lead the stampede or jace or like something that could actually draw you cards so that you could find your combo pieces i feel like you would have a better shot i would try to go more straight combo because like as an aggro or as an aggro deck it's like aggro combo aggro combo is not usually like a real thing the reason you can't just make this a combo deck is because it gets beat by the other combo deck yeah exactly like it it, it's inferior and that's i think why we didn't see any of them show up in anywhere close to the top eights and we and we continue to have not seen them you can't say it's inferior because it's only inferior in that matchup it literally makes all the other decks really have to work to kill you they have to jace you out in call blade if you if you combo they have to um if you're playing against Valk, it's it just impossible. I don't see I don't see this as a difficult matchup for Cobblade. They have all the count like they're the blue deck and you're the mono white deck. Like you're gonna like you're gonna tell me that blue white control can't beat the combo deck when the combo deck doesn't have ways to protect its combo. The the blue white control deck should win every single time. Uh, well, and I watched it happen over and over this weekend. I can tell you on two different scenarios that where they should not win is uh, Cobblade taps out in all of its early turns. Except for the turn where they want to flash in their uh, their sword on turn three, and that's not even the the way they play the deck anymore because they've got um, they've got Jace that they want to play on turn three. They, they're playing a lot of a lot of lists are playing Bellerin, so they're just playing Bellerin, and then on turn four they're flashing in their sword. I don't know. It's it just looks like a garbage white weenie deck. Like it has some cute little interactions, like the old Soul Sisters deck did. And ultimately, the old Soul Sisters deck was a garbage white weenie deck right. that just lost to every other real deck in the format. Remember when so they were like, calling it Tarmogoyf? They were calling Pride Mate Tarmogoyf for a while. The new Tarmogoyf. Yeah. yeah. In, that, in that garbage deck, he is. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, that, and that cute little interaction of you playing like 12 garbage 1-1 one, one creatures that gain you life. He's a Tarmogoy. I don't know. I always, so, I yes. always called Nettle Sentinel Isamaru. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Isamaru. He's the he's the best. Totally. Like, <laughs> you I mean, can't beat him. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm all about some awful brews. And for me to call a deck garbage, it's got to be pretty fucking awful. Yeah. So I think I they should know. reprint Isamaru. I think he's like a corset card. Like I, they don't really do legends in corset, but I feel like they could do Isamaru for corset. I mean, now he is because yeah, like he's he, a little he, Well, yeah, because like he's not even good enough. Like, yeah. you, like reprint him as like a rare, and you know, I don't think they'll like, ever do Isamaru in a corset because you can't pronounce it. <laughs> Isamaru? You can because you know how it sounds. Well, you're supposed to pronounce it. Like if I don't, some the, random Tom Dick or Harry looked at that, they'd be like, okay, Isamaru. They printed Skathorix. Not in a corset. Ah, uh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. True enough. True yeah. enough. So, uh, all right. So, basically, uh, the event was a success, correct? Uh, the event was a success. I mean, awesome. I didn't, I didn't lose money. Let's put it that way. So, uh, you also yeah. talked to, uh, was it Jared or who'd you talk to? Jared or Pete? And they told you that you just, you had the biggest event. Uh, that was uh, Jason Reedy. Uh, oh, Jason. Okay. Uh, yeah, that that's not this event. This is the first one. So, I think they don't have another one until June. But yeah, he he said that our. Our, when we ran back in March at my shop, which was ridiculously overcrowded, we had 58 people. Apparently, that was the highest attended one they've had so far, uh, which yeah, I'm pleased about that. I mean, we got a. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I, we take some. We take some hits in the. 
um, from Richmond as far as magic goes sometimes from certain people. <clears throat> Andrew Burke. But, um, <laughs> you, know, I, um, you know, I think we've got a great player base in the Richmond. They're, you know, they're enthusiastic. They love the game. They, 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 you know, when you, when you run a big event, they, they reciprocate in kind by showing up to your event. Right. You know, I mean, and, you know, su- support the people so we, we keep running events. And I, I will say I'm very pleased in a 73-person event where we had, you know, quite a few good players from not around here. First, second, and third right. were all local players. Right. That's really we had cool. Mark Styles first. He plays at my store. Uh, Josh Adams second. He plays at my friend's store at Richmond Comics. Richmond Comics. And third place, Devin Horn plays at my store. So, right. so out of out of the Woo! out of the seventy three people, one, two, and three all went to Richmond. So I, I was I thought that was really cool. So, I'll yeah. say I think it's a really cool thing. This area in the last couple of years, I I guess it just speaks to the, how well Magic's doing that people are getting interested again because I don't know when I started playing in like two thousand six, the area was. We we had three shops, but like one of them wasn't even running F and M, and just like the whole scene was pretty dead. Nobody was good. Oh, it was yeah, just I mean, all casual players, and like you could barely get drafts well, to fire. Back, back then, you know, I could get I could get the drafts to fire on F and M, but yeah, know, this is before you could run two F and Ms. But I would never even try to run standard because I didn't think I'd get people to show up. Right. These days, I run two F and Ms. I run a standard and a draft. They always fire off with you know. With quite a, quite a few more than needed to fire off, almost always, you know. And you know, there's always new players coming in. You know, Wizards has done a lot right as far as cultivating new players. Um, the the surprisingly, a lot of the new players come from the Duel of the Planeswalkers from the Xbox game. Really? Yeah. There's a lot of people that come in from that. They 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 play on there. That's either their first experience with the game or they're playing it again after having not played for a while. And and Wizards sends us these thirty card free sample decks that right. you can give out to oh, new yeah. players when they come in. And, and no, nothing makes a new player feel better about possibly getting in the game and you walk in and it's like I'm interested stuff. in playing a game and you're like here yeah, yeah I have, here's, here's, a deck. here's a deck you and then how much no you can have it it's yours I have you something know? similar to what you played online and you know yeah, and it's, it's and it's free and and they have decent cards in them too like, <coughs> they have yeah. good commons and uncommons that you use and then and then the second thing Wizards has done that's great is after they get interested in that they're like what should I buy next and you point them to the deck builders toolkit and you say yep. this thing right here is 1999 and you get you get 300 cards in it, you know. Right. It's actually pretty cheap. Yeah, it yeah. is. You get four boosters of the new the, of the recent sets and you get uh, like 100 land and you get like 125 they call them semi-random commons and uncommons, and it's good stuff. It's good deck building stuff. It's not right. chaff. It's right. like you know, it's doom blades, it's lightning bolts, giant gross, you right. know, good solid creatures, you know, terramorphic expanses. You know, think, things like that, that 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 you see in, you know, you know, Decks like these, right. the top eight, you know. So it gives them a good, solid pool, and it's it's a much better thing to, to sell somebody than, you know, no offense to Wizards, one some of the the, the precons, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the precons are all right. I mean, especially these days now that they're sixty cards and not and not forty. So forty you, or you, know, you, get, you get a deck you can actually open up and play in an F and M. Well, I thought it was uh, really funny. Um, John Davis was it? Uh, it was a standard event, like I don't know, like. Three or four months ago, it was when like the card, the packs you got was like Zendikar and World Wake, mm-hmm. and uh, it was some standard event that he just randomly showed up at, and he didn't have a deck, so it was he bought. My store. Yeah. yeah, it was at your store, yeah. and it was like a some random Sunday event, like Ooh. it was just like standard free. free. Standard, yeah. Probably, yeah, so he didn't have a deck, so he bought a a, a, a tool builder toolkit, yeah, tool and uh, he built some random piece of garbage Esper deck, which went. 4-0 before he decided to leave. Yeah, he had the, <laughs> the fam, family issues or something. He had to drop. So yeah, yeah, I mean that that speaks. Well, volumes for John Davis as a player, but it also, well, right. it also says that the cards in there are, are, are not awful. Yeah, can, like you can yeah. definitely like build quality 
quote-unquote well, quality decks. Well, it's like every time somebody pulls one of these event decks off the shelf right. and then randomly like, oh, well, I top-aided. And then people are like, for real? You changed like three cards. And we're like, yeah, well, I mean, the deck was pretty good to begin with. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. That's another thing, the event decks. I mean, the event decks are... They, 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 that, that's, you know, I mean, you get a new player who wants to compete in Evan M and you're like, well, you can buy this deck with your toolkit and you can build your own deck out of there. Or you can buy one of these twelve ninety nine pre-con decks and have a... 60 card deck you right. know I yeah. mean, or you can buy this event deck you know and people saw the first and they're like wow this is basically Cadolt the Red minus a few rares you know right. I mean and now they got a new one coming which has I mean, Stoneforge Mystics has two, two Stoneforge Mystics <laughs> I know I mean Pretty I, don't, awesome. I don't know how good the deck is in synergy wise the other one's probably a better deck it's like a really aggressive infect, infect deck, deck yeah. you know but I mean they're they're packing these things you know with, with, with good cards you yeah. know so I mean I mean they 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 did some questionable things in the last year, noticeably canceling canceling Magic Player rewards. You know, yeah. Mean, well, we've that, talked about this. I think like the the trade off that they did of giving us actually playable F and M foils mm-hmm. is awesome. Like when they when they stopped sending us like free stuff in the mail and saying like they're gonna like because their whole thing was we're gonna start helping your local shops. Mm-hmm. And when you start giving your local shops like foil spell stutter sprites and foil squadron hawks to give away as prizes, like. Pretty great. Yeah, like, okay, now we don't have to waste money on mailing. We don't have to waste money on making these foil cards that we're shipping out to everyone individually. We're just giving them to where you're going to play anyways. And, you, have to you know, giving the shop but... owners, like, the people, like, the shop owners are, like, the bread and butter of Wizards. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, like, let's give them good stuff to get players into their stores. Well, I think Wizards realize that. And, you know, I mean, it's definitely been more ups and downs. You know, right. definitely more things that, that help us as stores. I mean, and, and we appreciate that because we're the guys that have been in the trenches for the last 10 years. You know? Right. You know, you know, running events every week for them. You know, I mean, you know, sacrificing our Friday nights to, to, to run tournaments or, you know, running other tournaments, you know. And really, I mean, where do you, you know, all these people that come to PTQs, where do they start at? They start at the local store. Exactly. You know, and they, they start with a bad deck and then they come in and they get beat at F&M and they, you know, they either decide to quit or they, they, they get the fire in their belly and they, you know, they, playing, they, yeah. they start building their deck start and grinding, making, it, yeah. making it better, you know. And then they get to the point where they're winning the shop tournaments, and they're like, "Okay, I'm gonna, time to step up my game and go to the, and go to the next level." Right. You know. And it used to be PTQs. Now it's Star City Opens. I don't. You don't even hear about PTQs yeah, anymore. Right. <laughs> Those aren't even real things anymore. Uh, uh. So okay. So we, me, D Sale, and Chris Burrows all played some Magic cards this weekend. Um. Me, I was unable to play at Rick's event on Sunday, unfortunately, because I had to work at Capital One. Woo. But uh, we uh, we all played on Saturday in Fredericksburg uh, yeah. at the Game Vault. Uh, those guys are super nice. Um, they, uh, I don't know. Like I felt like us going up there. Like we were all supposed to top eight. Like, like I don't want to be like a dick and say that like it's a soft game. But like, like the people who were there that were really good were like the travelers. There were people who came from Northern Virginia. There's people who came from Virginia Beach. There's a whole crew of us that came from Richmond. Right. And like. You know, there's you know people come from Maryland, like they like people travel to this event, you know, like and it was just like, like when when I walked in, I saw the people, I was like, oh okay, like the Richmond crews, like yeah. we're here, we're gonna represent, we're like we're good, yeah, like you know, like and when it, like it was me, you, Will Haas, D Sale, JJ, like I was like, okay, well there's five of the top eight right now, yeah. like I like there was no doubt in my mind that we were all gonna top eight. I brought a garbage piece of shit deck, yeah, like and I was like, I'm gonna top eight, like. Like, my friend, I saw my friend there that I see randomly at events, and he was like, what are you playing today? I was like, I'm playing Ickerclaw Mirrors. And he laughed at me. And I was like, okay. And we were smoking a cigarette, and we just kind of moved on to something else. So he came out to me later, and he's like, what's your record? I was like, I'm 4-0. And he's like, oh, you never told me what you're playing. I was like, I did tell you what I'm playing. I'm playing Ickerclaw Mirrors. 
Well, <laughs> yeah. like, he wasn't what? the only person in the shop making fun of you. Oh, I think so whole, many people. I, think, I, yeah. I didn't take a loss on the day until I lost in the semifinals. Was that Sleer's deck? Uh, my, well, your deck. Our deck, our deck. Our okay. deck. I'll say but, our deck. Well, like, we've been working on it together they, they for a long time. I got second at, the, at my first IQ, so, I mean. Exactly. So, like, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm going to play this deck. And, it, like, basically what we decided was that it was just really good against Cobblade. And the hand disruption seemed like it would be decent enough against uh, the combo decks. And we just put in more main deck into the Royals for the combo decks. Did you ever knock your so. deck and ask for Venser? Uh, <laughs> I wish. Uh, I will say that uh, I didn't... I played Tez- Deseret hit the board like three times. Yeah. Like, I didn't... Like, he was weird in the weird games I was playing. Like, I never wanted to run him into counter spells, And I never wanted to, like... You know, I was just winning with incremental damage from, like, Phyrexian Crusaders. And just, like haymakers with fucking Skitherix. Yeah. Um, so, like, based on the way that I played I'm, all that day, I understand where Kibler ended up with his deck, but, like, I don't know, Ickerclaw Mirrors and, like, Plague Mirrors into, like, turn three Tezzerets was, like, yeah. stupid. Tell me tell me how many times Throne of Yeth won you games, because I, uh, I now, from Clear's rec- um, recollection of the deck, he said multiple times from the, the previous iteration in the last season... It was one of is if not the best card in the deck, the second best card in the deck. Um, basically, we, we we when the initial iteration of the deck had four in the deck, and we dropped it down to three. And the deck that I ran on Saturday ran two because I wanted to make room for a Contagion Clasp, and not so much for the removal aspect of Contagion Clasp. It was just a better late deck top deck than Thorngeth was. Like when you were on empty board, like Contagion Clasp was a better rip. So, um, it was like, it, it is an amazing card. And the fact that you're playing Tezzeret's digs it, uh, pretty well. So I felt like it was okay to run too. Um, if I could fit in more, I would, because it's awesome. Like, you're, the deck's playing like 20 artifacts with the, yeah. like, the, uh, Ink Moth Nexuses. So, um, Sackland Kill You seems pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I was talking to Detail about it, and like, the cards that seem really good in the metagame right now are like hand dispel like hand discard like on yeah. turn one. Mm-hmm. And uh I was like, Oh, blue black control seems like it should be really good. And he was like, No, blue black control is not good enough because if you turn one a, a duress effect, you don't have any subsequent play. Right. Like you're you're like you duress their hand from their removal or, you know, counterspell or whatever. Right. Or and then you don't have a play until piece. turn six when you play Grave Titan. You know, like or you play your Jace or something like that. Right. Like you don't have like a sub like you don't have a turn two like boom. And I felt like we're, that's where this deck kind of was great because it played with like ten two drops. Um, so I don't know. Um, the deck felt really good when I was playing it, and I was really surprised that it was just crushing the decks. That, like I, like I knew it crushed Cobblade. So I, two of my rounds were against Cobblade, and I yeah. never felt bad about it. Like, like, th- like they just can't. They just have like Cobblade players often just keep hands that are just questionable a lot of the time, especially <clears throat> because of preordained. Well, it's like they either keep a preordained hand or they keep a hand that doesn't really do anything until like turn four or five, but they have like a Squadron Hawk or they have a Stoneforge Mystic. Right. And if you're, you, like, if whether you or not you're those... on the play or not, like, if you just duress their hand, right. And you're like, okay, I well, got your. Inquisition most of the time. I think right. it's better than the duress. Well, right duress, now. quote unquote, like, wonder. I, there was no main deck duresses. Right. I was playing Despise and playing uh, Inquisition. But you rip their, their threat from their hand, their, their relevant early play, and then you're just like, okay, now I'll capitalize on it by playing right. turn two, turn three, turn four threats. Um, so it was good. Um, but that being said, like, you played... I, I played uh, Grixis Twin, and, you know, uh, I it was embarrassing. Uh, the first loss of the day that I took was against this Callblade player, 
And uh, in game three, I, I inquisitioned his hand a whole bunch of times, rip a bunch of counter magic out of his hand. Right. And then I, because uh, he had his hand, his opener was triple celestial purge, couple lands, uh, and uh, and counter spells. And he kept drawing counter spells. I was like, you know what? You, I've, I've taken two counter spells. It's my turn four. Time to rip this Jace because he's out of counter magic and and he ripped a spell uh, Pierce off his hat on the turn that you on the gave turn him that, that I gave him. So I was like, fine, whatever, <clears throat> whatever. And but uh, kind of tilted you. The, well, it tilted me. But the most embarrassing piece about the whole thing actually was that the entire time he's like, wow. I, every time I cut his deck, he said he said uh, thank you, sir. And uh, every he, he kept telling me that it was an it was an honor to play against such a good player, and he just was w- just wiping the floor with me in game three. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's embarrassing. Like, he, thanks, he was a little funny. weirdly respectful. Guy was super respectful. Yeah. It was I was like, he obviously saw the scrubland play mat. Obviously, that must have been it. I was I was scrublanded out, man. I had, had the whole whole, whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, the and Rick's repping the shirt tonight too. Nice. Do you happen to remember how many of the top eight at Fredericksburg were Cobblades? Uh, there actually wasn't that many. Uh, I think it was three. There weren't a lot in the room. It yeah. was three. There was three. Um, one of them. One of them was a really, really weird codec that was wearing Primeval Titans, and it only it, like it's Primeval Titan into Tech Edges to I guess beat. I don't know what to beat. This I guess what? It, what kind of deck is this? It was Bant, and it played green for just Primeval Titan. I think Lotus Cobra. Cobra. I played Lotus Cobra to accelerate into it. And beast within this is JJ's over in the corner telling me. Really JJ bizarre. actually won yes, that bet. Yes, I was going to say, we know one of the Cobblade decks was our friend JJ Griffin. Who won Which pisses me off, because if I saw him in the finals, I would have beat him. <laughs> I lost. I, I luck sacked my way in. Yes, he did. Well, no, it's, it's funny, because he was playing against uh, this guy, Naveed, who's really super nice. Uh, from Maryland. That's the guy that beat me. Yeah. Like, that dude's, he's so nice. He is super nice. Um, and he was, and JJ was saying, like, we were driving, you know, I drive, me and JJ go to work together, so we were talking about it, and he was like, yeah, that guy should have won. Like, he should have beat me. Like, basically, he pointed something out to JJ, and JJ was like, oh, and it helped JJ win. And, uh, <clears throat> I lost, uh, like, the top eight was so weird at that event. Cause there was like, like a weird bant cobblade. There was two other Cobblades. There was one Rug Twin deck, I think. Yeah. And uh, there was my deck, which is a Tezzeret Infect deck. Another guy's deck who was Tezzeret, like, Vault Scourge. Oh, God. That thing was ridiculous. It was, like, pure aggro. It, it no, was- it wasn't. He had two aggressive plays in the deck. Like, after watching him play it out some, like, it was it was actually a pretty weird deck. Like, really? I felt like it had the, the ability to be more aggressive, but it wasn't. Like, I he saw- had two game plans. Like, one was which was, like... Turn one Vault Scourge, turn two Steel Overseer. Or he had weird plays where it was like turn one, like some weird play of like tap land, turn two Chalice, turn three Tezzeret. Like yeah, he no. had weird draws. I saw I saw him go turn one Vault Scourge, turn two Chalice, turn three Tezzeret, make Vault Scourge a five five, then uh search up uh, a sword and continue to play Vault Scourges for cheap and Ink Moth Nexus, and he just kept playing dudes that he made into five fives. Right. And I mean the the chalice was the only unaggressive play. Right. You're absolutely right. It was a weird deck. But that being said, when it I, I definitely saw it kill on turn six. So. Yeah. Um. It was. Uh. I don't know. It just I felt like I, I played him in the Swiss and I beat him. And that being said, we both had weird draws. Like we were taking turns winning, and <laughs> each time the other person won, it was because the other person had an awkward draw. Mm. Um. But uh, in the in the finals, we actually played good matches, and I punted a couple times to him because I'm an idiot. 
Um, you missed a whole attack phase, and it cost you the, the game. Right? Yeah, in game one, I actually turned two to uh, a Necropede, and mm-hmm. I turned three to a Throne of Geth, and I, my whole plan was to sack the Necropede to kill one of his Ink Moth Nexuses when he swung. Right. Uh, if well, or to keep him off a swing, and for some reason, I just he was tapped out. I just didn't swing with a Necropede. Ooh. Um, the next turn, he activates an Ink Moth Nexus to force my force me to sack my Necropede to kill his Ink Moth Nexus, which would have put him at two infect had I swung. Mm-hmm. And on later turns in the game, I have the win on the board if I have him at two infect. Two infect, right? Because you you left him at eight poison, right? Well, no, no, no. Basically, what what had happened was I was at a point in the game where I could play out my entire. He was he had tapped out to make an aggressive swing, and I was like, okay, I've got. Uh, two proliferate effects with Throne of Geth in his end step in my main phase. I've got a Tezzeret's Gambit in my hand. I've got uh, four points of damage on the board that can get him, you know. And basically what it was after I did all the math out, I was like, cool, I can get him to eight poison. Right. And I was like, Painful. I didn't even do the attack out. I just scooped. Wah, wah. Yeah, I just scooped. I was just like so mad at myself. Yeah. But, um, you know, that, that being said, like, I we were talking about, like, the... This format right now, like where every everyone feels like it's defined by Cobblade and this weird Grixis combo deck, like there's a lot of room for brewing. Like, I feel like we are the victims of small sample size here. We went to a 31 man event that didn't have a lot of Cobblade in the room. Like, there was a lot of Cobblade in the room. There was a whole bunch. There was, I think, there is ten. No, yeah. uh, it was, was not even close to ten. Are you talking about you're talking about Fredericksburg? Yeah, it was, it like was six. Easily, uh, it was somewhere in between there. But you know, there was only, there was okay somewhere between on, there was thirty six players. There was thirty one. There, there were thirty one players. What I'm there saying is that for the power tables, shut up. For the power of okay, <laughs> for the power of Cobblade, the the deck itself, sure. It should be a much more dominant force. Like people, like just because not a whole lot of people chose to play it doesn't mean it's not the best deck or not a whole. Like, well, that being said, a good number of real decks did show up. There sure. was, there was at least in our group there was three Grixis combo decks. Yep, and I saw at least three other people in the room playing combo. I don't think Grixis combo is a real deck though. Uh, that's what like, I wanted to bring disagree. up. It uh, that's what I wanted to bring up because like in be. Louisville it didn't show up. It's not in the top it eight. Didn't really make a showing in my event that much either. It exactly. Was one of them in the top eight. It was. Rug. It, I wish I would have looked and see how many Cobblade decks were actually out of the whole seventy three. I mean, obviously the top eight was fifty percent Cobblade. Right. I don't know how that translates to the whole. I mean, there were some. Not- you know, there was more Cobblade. Obviously, I mean, I guess the, the, the notable Cobblade that didn't make top eight was Kyle Rose. Right. You know, and I think he went five and two, and his two losses were to people who made the top eight. He lost to yeah. Mark Styles and Devin Horn. All right, so let's talk about Grixis Twin. Uh, it's it well, needs... let's just talk about Twin in, in general. It's like, a, it's okay, a, there's well, Grixis Twin, there's Rug Twin, and then Mike Flores won uh, the New York event. The, with uh, Blue Red, TCG just was just yeah, Blue Red. Just it was just combo. So. Like what is that? What he does that even, tell us? Like he doesn't even kill with anything else but Jason Mind Sculpting. Well, I mean, I think anytime you have in standard a, a combo that only requires two cards, right? You, you have to take notice of it at least, right? You know? I mean, the problem is it's an awkward combo because Splinter Twin is double red, you know. And well, it's an awkward combo, in my opinion. Just being like basically like being a control player for like the last probably like year and change of my like Magic career. Like I've tried to meddle with Vengevines here and there, and yeah. it just isn't good enough. And, like, so I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to play blue in whatever deck I play. And, like, 
to to have like a format where I'm getting crushed by one one flyers and a creature enchantment, like I don't buy it. Like also, I don't buy it. Also, I rescind my earlier statement. He also had two Inferno Titan main. Mike Flores, <laughs> this is this isn't really a combo. I mean, this is a combo deck. This is really just blue red control. It's like, blue red like counterburn with I mean, like this weird eight cards devoted to this package. I wouldn't right. I wouldn't really call it counterburn. There's not a tremendous amount of removal. It's all just counter spells. So like I I like this deck. I I've really liked blue red blue red control for a long time. The problem that I've always had with it is that your mana base sucks. It's and like blue red like, tempo l- looking case. at looking at this mana here, it's uh It's actually it's a lot better because 10, his early 8, plays four four. Well his early plays are all are blue spells. So yeah. like you don't need red until like turn Four, five, and six. I don't you know. know. Like, I don't like the mana. I've never liked the mana in the stack. Blue red, blue red mana is not awesome. Well, so. he's not trying to slag storm on turn three and Jace on turn four, which is what your counterburn counter was trying to do. Well, what a lot of counterburn were decks were trying to do. Yeah, he took out to all play. the burn spells. Yeah. Um, I. <sighs> and he played six Jaces. Yay! I think this Splinter Twin combo, it, regardless of what version you build, mm-hmm. it's always susceptible to the same hate so like if you're gonna build it i i have to assume the best way to build it would be uh red blue black because the black lets you protect your protect your combo look at their hand take take problem cards out and then you know go for it on the turn you set up to do it well that's how it should that's how you write it down on paper anyway yeah well chris you played it all weekend yeah like and like what i basically what I, i i talked to a few players about it and some players thought that the rogue combo deck was better because it gave you threats other than your combo. Other people were like Grixis because you protect your combo, gives you removal. You know your board is good because you have three color, three best colors for your board. Um, so you having played it all weekend, like basically what I guess the 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 naysayers say about Grixis combo is that it dilutes your deck kind of that you're just playing like these weird like dispel card these discard spells that don't really do anything in the late game when you're in top deck mode because like your combo is so easily hated out. Like you just get blown out by an end of the royal or a removal spell. Um, uh, okay, so uh, I did. I, I jaced one person out, out twice, and it was in the mirror. And uh, everything else on the entire day, I just felt the right place to land my combo when I killed people. And uh, the discard was a huge factor in the early game. And you're right, late game it wasn't awesome, but a lot of the times you're not you're not raw dogging your combo at any point and is, is with all of your there's six kill spells or like tempo type spells in the deck which are two dismember two go for the throw two into the royal mm-hmm. and literally a lot of decks have a hard time putting a clock on you when you're like literally i i can just kill or bounce everything that you're doing forever and, and let jace do the work right and let jace do the work and and, and then eventually, I'm just unloading a whole bunch of my my discard in a, in a row, and then next turn, yes, I am, I guess, technically raw dogging it, but that's like turn six, and I've got like a mana leap back up or something, you know. Right. Like I, I you, you, I don't feel like I ever have to combo until I until they do something stupid or they tap out or they try to advance their game plan in some way, and I've got other ways to kill you. Literally, it's just a Grixis control deck. So I was gonna, I was gonna say, package. in the meantime, you can just use Jace the Mind Sculptor when the game. How many games do you just not combo and then Jace them out? I've, I use Jace, I mean, Jace a lot more of the time was to force them to deal with Jace, and while they're trying to deal with Jace, you combo them. Right. 
You're not actually killing them with Chase, but he's a really good distractor. Right. Um, Consecrated Sphinx. Never boarded him out once, even against Mono Red. That card, mostly because I was afraid of Surgical Extraction, but also because uh, that card, it, when it by the time you get to six mana because you're only running 24 land, you've like forced them to deal with every discard, counterspell, and removal spell in your hand. You are both like top decking like pros at the at the end of the game. You're like uh, consecrated Sphinx. I'll take this game. Like, consecrated Sphinx. Like since that guy came out and like basically like. All the little brews that I did over the past week or two, it's like Consecrated Sphinx seems really good. Like it, in blue black so control, good. like like I was brewing like blue black control. I was like, okay, we just play with a bunch of discards and main deck surgical extractions. What's your finisher? This guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Consecrated Sphinx. Like, oh, he doesn't protect himself. Like the fuck he doesn't. Like yeah. the rest of my deck just didn't everything to your deck. Yeah, exactly. Like your deck has nothing to do right now. I also, like, I, I, okay. So my board also in- contained one Volition Reigns, one other con- Consecrated Sphinx. Right. Um, and that's because uh, in the mirror and against Clawblade, uh, they're gonna have a lot of ways to deal with your stuff, and you're gonna basically just grind each other out in the early game, and you just need more better top decks. Right. And as we learned in Texas, and we will continue to know as long as Gideon is alive, Volition Reigns on Gideon is amazing, and will continue to be amazing as well as Jace. Um, but I uh, basically. Uh, Consecrated Sphinx was never a bad top deck. I actually played both of them in a game, and the second one stuck and won. Yeah. And every time I had Volition Reigns, it was amazing. I even Volition Reigns uh, a Baby Jace and just left it at one for the whole game. Just to keep him off his big Jace. He could never play Jace, and uh, and, uh, he never tried, but... I knew that they were all in his hand. I knew that he had a couple in his hand. Like he did, he didn't dare try to, you know, use a Jace to kill Jace to play Jace because that taps him out low enough so that I can combo and kill him. And then I ended up killing him with uh, Consecrated Sphinx that game. Well, it seems that there's certain decks in the format that your combo deck could just flat out beat us, like like Balka. Right. Like we we were testing combo with the shop, and Devin Horner made third was testing, and he just was getting discouraged because. But he just could not beat it with Valakut. I mean, well, Grixis seems so good against it because yeah, it well, strips I mean, their hand well, and it just boom. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you combo out faster than Valakut does, right? Norm- normally, and Valakut doesn't have an answer for Deceiver Eggs arc with its four toughness. I mean, well, even, yeah. even in their sideboard, unless they put Combust in their sideboard or something, I mean, they don't really. Well, they they should be doing that, and they're also playing four Nature's Claim main instead of the Bolts. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, Devin, yeah, his deck had four Nature's Claim and four, I think, four Acidic Slime main deck. Right. You know? And he took out things like Avengers Indicar and Inferno Titan to do that. Acidic Slime, really good. You can never stop them from comboing with Acidic Slime unless you, I guess... Destroy relevant you know, land. Well, the land seems kind of well, shaky. Well, no, Acidic Slime was more for swords and whatnot. True. You know, I, I guess technically you could Summoning Trap after the first trigger and blow up the enchantment. But regardless... Uh, he wasn't running Summoning Traps. He wasn't doing that! <laughs> no, he took Summoning Traps. He was running Eurobrass, which I like a lot. But yeah. It, this is a painful format to me. Just the fact that, like... Urubrash, too. Just the fact that the uh, red-green, red-green, like, Valakut deck needs to main deck, like, main deck naturalizes. Uh, like, that harkens back to, you know, when, when people were, like, main decking Oxidizes. And, like, the that ridiculous red-green deck that was all artifact destruction just to, like, try to contain Affinity. And, you know, like, what are you going to do? It, I, I, I've been really disappointed with the fact that, like, the metagame has become so warped around swords and this enchantment. That, I mean, like, 
Maybe I just don't like any of the decks. I, I, I was talking to Casby at lunch today. I liked Jund. I liked a format where Jund was the best deck more than I like Standard right now. It's not Charles League. I, like, honestly, <sighs> like, it's not, it's yeah. not that, like, the cards are bad or anything. It's just that, like, Jund wasn't even this consistent. Like, Jund didn't always play out the same way every single time. This, like, all right, the, the metagame the right now... The decks seem like they always do the exact right, same no. thing every single game. Jund was so oppressive because the deck was so good that the cards were just two for one, like, over and over again, and you didn't have to do anything, all right? Right now, the best deck, quote-unquote, is Cobblade or Blade Variants, mm-hmm. which, A, is a very difficult deck to play well, okay? Like, you can I play out so. your turn two and turn threes, like, by the book. You're like, okay, Stoneforge Mystic, get a sword, play a Squadron Hawk, blah, 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 whatever. All right, what do yeah. you do after that? Turns four, five, and six, if you're not a good player, you don't know what the fuck you're doing, you're right. going to lose. Sure. Like, you know how funny it is? Okay, so against Grixis, when we were testing against Cobblade, literally their game one plan is not even to fight you as a control deck. Because if they fight you as a control deck without playing out, because they have to put a clock on you. They absolutely have to play every single one of their Squadron Hawks and kill you as fast as possible. Right. And they can't, they can't afford to... They, the only thing they can do is search out a War and Peace and put it into play and hope that it sticks. That sticks because that's not going to happen because I, I'm running seven discard spells. But in game one, it was literally just run out Squadron Hawks, and I counterspell Squadron Hawks, which I've never done before. I have right. man, I man like more Squadron Hawks in this weekend than I had ever done ever, and it felt good. Like it, it just always felt good. They have to clock you. They have to wreck you in game one that way, and then. It's also very strange that Pyroclasm is a legitimate board thing against, or board card against them. Because against Cobblade? Against Cobblade. Because you have... Uh, they have to play their aggressive game plan of running have, out awkward little one power creatures to over. Overwhelm. Why wouldn't they just play it out slow? You have literal ten cards that deal with or kill their swords. Okay, you have... Uh, it, with what deck? Th- it, with Grixis Twin, you have six cards to deal with Batter Skull. You have ten cards to deal with all their artifacts, which is six. The six is three duress, three shatter out of the board, and ten is uh, Inquisition for all the short duress and shatter for the swords. And then if you t- if you're just ripping their equipments to shreds and pyroclasming them, clasming them, any time they try to tap out for a Jace, they're going to lose. Right. And then they kill you with a Batter Skull. Well, I guess like, what are you talking about? I just I'm, talk, told you I'm talking about these cowboy decks that have like I just told a, you it sounds like they're it sounds like they're playing like idiots. Why would I try to aggro you when you're the obvious combo deck? Why wouldn't I just play my hand out slow and set on all my counter magic? I have a sideboard too, you know. Well, I mean, if you, like, if you, give, okay. them, if you give them too long, they're just going to build up lands to the point where your mana leak is irrelevant. They're, right. They're just going to you know flash into Sea Regs Arc in the turn when they got like six mana open and tap one of your things down and then. And they got a couple spell pierces are, and stuff too. So I mean, are all I mean, of these combo decks? Are all these cowboy decks not playing into the Royals? Like, in a lot of them? No, they're not. And the, some of them are. I, I, think, I, think, they I are. think they are. I think a lot of them are. A lot of them are. They're playing two and three. And uh, they're playing three and four, buddy. Okay, fine. Three and four. Regardless, uh, consecrated Sphinx is the answer, and so is Volition Reigns. Okay, Cobblade uh, will beat I'm you. I'm pretty that sure that they absolutely will not. All right, and, am I missing okay, something? Okay, then you should. Then you should have won the tournament. Did Grixis combo stop playing Spellskite? Grisha's combo is still playing spell Sky. Oh, just okay. Just so you know. Just so, so that, you know. That knows a lot of their, like, instant speed removal, right? Yeah, is Cobblade playing spell Sky? Sometimes. Okay. Also I mean, also irrelevant because a lot, Cobblade is, is uh, loading up their deck with ways to stop your combo, and you have three ways to kill them. 
Okay, Cobblade has th- at least three ways to kill you as well. Like it sounds like an easy interactive matchup. Like it, it, it sounds like it. it sounds like a good it sounds like a good interactive matchup that honestly could go either way. But my money is still on the deck that gets to tutor all the time. I don't know. Like I I, I actually think this format right now is really healthy because everyone is kind of just subscribing to like common kind of like collective conscience, and it's just like if like the last two decks that I made, I don't lose to Cobblade. Right. Like I'm just like I don't I don't understand what it is like you just play tumble magnets and you play with like you know just discard spells like you just do things to beat Cobblade you're gonna do well in the tournament and you but, know okay oh, I think the appearance of the format though is not healthy because I the I think the main barometer that people look at and possibly that Wizards looks at too are the results from the opens right that's yeah and when you have seven to eight Cobblade in the open and then what how many was it the week before. At least half. I mean, I mean, when the you, best players are all playing the same deck. Look at that. I mean, Wizards doesn't want to get back to Affinity days where Standard was so unfun that people were flocking away from it in droves. You know, but I, the difference between I guess Standard now and Standard back then is that you could build that deck that, that Daniel was talking about with main deck oxidizes and everything. And you know what? You still lost to Ravager Affinity. You, you yeah. still lost to it. I mean, I mean that that deck was that good. I mean, you 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 get up, you play tooth and nail with main decks oxidizes and everything and they and then you're like oh it's turn four and i'm dead you know i yep. mean but that's not I, where we're at you know I, I don't, yeah i Thank don't think God. it's that degenerate yet but I, I think it's legitimate to ask the question do you think wizards going to ban something no you know? i mean I, if you ask me and people disagree i i don't think they would touch jace because that leads to a lot of problems i think if they touch anything they'll they'll they'll, they'll hit the stone forge mystic no they're not going to do not that they just, they just put it in an event well that's the main <laughs> argument against i mean but i mean Jace is like a signature card. He's a planeswalker. Unfortunately, they, they, they use him in all their advertising. I mean, nothing gets banned. It's the same old Turian argument. Tur- Mike Turian said, I don't know if it was a year and some ago, uh, that people are just not innovating properly, and people at exactly. the highest level of the game are going to play the uh, deck with the. Yeah, it's the exact same argument. How am I wrong? I've said it before. Like, if you told me, like, when I played Magic back in the day, that the best deck ever was going to be beating me with 1-1 creatures or a fucking creature enchantment, Yeah, I'd smack you in the face and call you an idiot. Because yeah. there's no fucking way that my deck is going to lose to that. Okay, can I make a comment? You absolutely without, without insane outbursts? Absolutely not. <laughs> I will insane outbursts at any given time. Oh, okay. But go ahead. That's what we've got right, on the fair, cast for. Fair. <laughs> um, the, the problem with this is the same problem that most really good decks always have is... They're able to tutor the shit out of their deck. They're able to continuously do the same thing every single game. Squadhawk, yes, it's a stupid 1-1 flyer, but it's also got three other stupid 1-1 flyers. Stoneforge Mystic also has all these swords attached to it. Like, your Jund was a bunch of two-for-ones. Cobblade is also a bunch of two-for-ones. All they do is two-for-one you, but they, now they have counterspells and card drawing. Right, the two for ones that awesome. the two for ones that it, that Cobblade is getting is nowhere near as oppressive as the two for ones absolutely. that Jund was getting. It absolutely is because they're absolutely blue. Not. No, no, no. They're blue. They're they blood braiding have... into blightning. Into blightning. That is not a two for you're, one, sir. You're missing. You're missing. That is like a four for one. Yeah, you're missing the 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 big key factor here is that Jace the Mind Sculptor is in the Cobblade deck. Right, Jace the Mind Sculptor is the is a oppressively powerful card. It's uh-huh. too good. Uh huh. No, 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 I'm, no, I'm listening, no, I'm, and I'm, going to ca- I'm, I'm taking in all your points, and I'm going to counteract them, because this is something that we talked about all weekend, is that when you take Jace out of the equation of Cobblade, that deck is awful. Okay, right. but the fact is, is that the deck exists as it does 
and every single card in it works together in a way that makes other that pushes a lot of decks out of the format. Right. The deck works. I can't fight. The deck is I synergistic. Fight, I can't fight your Jace and fight your Stoneforge Mystic and fight your Squadron Hawk. You don't I cannot have to. fight them all. You don't have That's to. That's why the deck wins so much. You, what's awful is that I feel like this Grixis Twin deck is not getting enough love, and it can do all those things. It is getting enough love. It's not winning. No, it, it people are people are playing weekend. it. People it play, are the playing first weekend it because nobody was expecting it. Yeah, and now everyone knows how to be like. They're like, "Oh, that's a real thing." Okay, well, I guess I should play more Spellskites or Into the Royals. <laughs> like that deck like, is the deck's uh, just inherently beatable. Uh, Unsummon, cool. I'll play with that. Like, it's a, <laughs> you know what was hilarious is someone, Splinter Twin is not the answer to the format. It's just not. <laughs> that's fine if it's not the answer, but it's a compl- It's absolutely on the same tier as Callblade. Disagree. It does the. Ex- it, it does. No, it doesn't. It does. Okay. No. It has exactly as powerful plays. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Although I will say, every one of my players love being able to pull all their Splinter Twins out of their dollar pile and trade them at ten dollars each. Yep. Yeah. No shit. I put them in my binder. They were in my bookmark. Like I have right, a box right. of a box of rares that I use as bookmarks. Right. Yep. And I took them out of that and put it in my binder. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, here. Well, you, un- you, understand, you, out of you, under, you understand. You understand. You understand why. <laughs> trade binder. Uh, you understand why Splinter Twin is not. A viable combo deck, right? Uh, it's a combo deck that relies. It's a combo deck that relies on a creature enchantment. Okay, basically the most vulnerable spell in Magic. All right, so like pick your poison as far as an answer goes, and like just every color has an answer. As long as someone is prepared to beat you, they're gonna beat you. I never ever try to kill you with just the combo unless you are an aggro deck. You are never going to get turn four comboed with this deck. I don't think your game plan unless you're an aggro. Like deck. your game plan just is. I'm not saying that it's a bad deck. I'm not saying that it's just a control deck. Look, it's just a control deck that happens to kill you out of nowhere okay. when you are done. I'm not saying it's bad. And me and Casby can attest. We can build a lot of good decks on paper, but a lot of them just end up being inferior to the best deck. Like you can build very good decks, and if you're like, oh well, if I didn't play the Cobblade deck or it didn't exist, then I'd be really good. But you know, I will say that uh, the decks that I brew, I give to good players, and they crush the best deck. Right? Okay. <laughs> I I literally on this weekend only lost to myself and top decks. Absolutely, that was it. I beat myself twice, and I got top decked twice. I don't know. And I played, I played twelve rounds. I find it. I mean, I maybe I the deck just seems like I. It doesn't seem like that can be the best deck. Well, we got to what June twentieth before, and there's a lot more open results between now and then. I think you guys are probably right. They're not going to touch anything, but I wouldn't be shocked if they touch something. Uh, you know, they they hate to obviously because when they ban something, that's basically what we're saying. You know, we screwed up. You know, well and when they they, 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 they actually like, openly said they screwed up. You know, with they Jace, don't. Well, so. they said Jace is more powerful than we intended. You know what I mean? But, I mean, they, just, they don't want to ban anything because then they're like, we screwed up. Normally when Mark Rosewall – normally when the development article and the uh, – uh, what's the R stand for? Research? Research and development. Okay. Like normally when the Monday article and the Friday article say that we screwed up, <laughs> and, and they say it for more than one week in a row. They're right. they're not just like, okay, well, this exploded on Twitter, so I guess we should probably write a response article. And then two weeks later, it's like, oh, 
it's not a theme week, so I guess we have to talk about magic cards again. And whoops, I guess we should probably apologize for Jace again. They like Tom Lapile has has apologized no less than three times for the power level of Jace. Well, we all knew that he shouldn't have been in R and D in the first place. If anyone ever saw him oh, play or talk, come but, on, right? But uh, I mean, no. Well, look, hang on. Sour me, grapes. I also want to say, also want to say that uh, they also did not include Cobblade in their future future league, so they just had no idea that any of this was going to happen at all. Where did you see that? Where did you uh, that, see or hear that? That was uh, that was a quote from a Mark Rosewater article that uh, oh Ali Antrazi put on Facebook. Wow, that sounds like a lot of hearsay. I don't know. I need I need to read that article. Honestly, okay, I will find it for you. I, I find it very hard to believe that they didn't realize they could put Hawk, Mystic, and Jason the same deck together. Cool. Even I will if find even if they didn't have builds that were close to this, they would have been able to realize what the power level was. Okay. They've I think op- you're just they've, wrong. They've openly admitted it. I think I'm, you're just wrong. Okay. I, I, I'm... When people put stuff, when people, to sale today. When people put things on the internet... They're, like, all, they're true. They blast themselves. They're tr- no, they're true. Whenever, whenever you say something on the internet, it's true. Whenever Mark Rosewater posts an article, Mark Rosewater said it. When someone else copy and paste the link to the place that Mark Rosewater said something, Mark Rosewater said it. <laughs> right? Right, am I wrong? Yeah. Well, I haven't seen it, so there you okay. go. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the ostrich approach, where <laughs> you know I haven't seen it yet, so basically it doesn't I don't exist. know. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of room in this format to grow and to brew, and people just aren't. And if they want to just fucking subscribe to the fact that they just want to get their face bashed by stupid one one flyers, fuck them. I hope they lose every tournament because they will because mm-hmm. they can't beat a one one flyer. Like, <laughs> yeah, good but- on you. Nice seeing you, and whatever. Like, <laughs> like people complain about the power level Jays, power level Stoneforge Mystic, power level all that. But I mean, I think it was Randy Bueller back when he was still working at Wizards, or maybe even recently said, "Would you, would you, would you rather us, you know, would you rather us push it and occasionally push it a little too far, or would you rather ever set every set end up like Homelands, you know, right? You know, boring and boring and stale." I know? gave I mean, away, I gave away so many Stoneforge Mystics. I mean, I mean, I think as a player and as someone who sells it and wants people to be interested in the game. I mean, you you know, the, the job of them is to is to make cards that, that go right up to that to that level. You know, right. where but between good and too good, you know. Right. And 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 so that people are excited about the cards. This card is powerful. This card is interesting. This card does really cool things. And occasionally it's going to push through, you know, and and be stronger than they intended it to. But, you know, I think most people would rather it be that than than an uninteresting bland and and rather weak set. Well, like we said it before on this cast, like Jace the Mind Sculptor when it came out wasn't that good because Bloodbraid was. Well, the yeah, best he card. had Bloodbraid, right. and now that. now we don't have a Bloodbraid effect to do that, and that's why he's kind of taken over. And like R and D or development or whatever, they should have brought in you know like the Volcanic Fallout more like sooner, like you know like Volcanic Fallout when they saw Farius as being oppressive, they brought in Volcanic Fallout and it st- it, it halted it for but a do while. Do you guys agree with that? Would you rather have cards? Would you rather them pushing the envelope as far as power level? Or would you? Rather I don't. I don't think when they when they put no. out Jason Mind Sculptor, no. I don't no. think he was pushing the envelope. That card wasn't that good in a world of Bloodbraid. Okay, so but only because right. of Bloodbraid. Because so of Bloodbraid. Rick, Rick, to answer your question, I don't. Uh, one of the most widely regarded like good formats of all time was Ravnica Time Spiral. Like everybody loved that format, and the reason that format was loved by so many people was because there was no clear best deck. There were a lot of like every every rare was on the same power level with every other rare. 
everything was kind of the same. So Ooh. you had a lot of so you had a lot of play to do a lot of different things. Like the aggro deck was as good as the combo deck was as good as the control deck, and yeah, like it generally came down to who had the best little tweak for the week and who had the who was the better player. That's what it usually came down to. And right now, or in the last I don't know couple years of standard. Standard has been, like, just Constructed Magic in general has been, what kind of blowout can you set up? Like, sta- like Constructed has just, to me, been, like, all blowouts all the time, regardless of what you, like, is this a good matchup for you? No? All right, well, you have, like, a 20% chance of winning then and hope your opponent messes up. And, like, that's a really pessimistic view of the way, the, the like, everything works. And, yeah, Casby's saying, like, I build decks that beat Cobblade all the time. But your deck then has weaknesses to other things. Like that's that's pretty much every deck I make beats Cobblade and rolls to Malakut. Right. Like that's. (laughs) But like, I I wish that that we could live in a world where all of Casby's brews were good, and then we could, you know, Uh, excuse me, all of my brews are good. That's true. (laughs) You just put up a piston sledge deck on Facebook. That's awesome. I'm gonna crush your face with it. Don't worry about it. Unholy strength. All right, guys. Uh, Four of them. Thank you. (laughs) We're coming up. We're coming up on time. Um, do we have? Listener feedback. We gotta get. We gotta do some housekeeping. Uh, there was. None we're this we're week. gonna talk about some little things. Uh, we 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 talk about Grixis combo all night, but basically, I guess what we've decided is that. I mean, I think the red blue one's the best, just because I love Mike Flores. Okay, <laughs> I, I like the Grixis one just because I've been playing it. Uh, <laughs> also, I mean, just small aside, uh, I just think the rug one isn't as good because the mana is actually worse. It's sh- than that, the Grixis that deck one. seems to shit all over itself. Like, yeah. what do you want to be? You want to be a Vengevine deck? You want to be a... Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's, it's you're going you're gonna to keep talking about this all night, huh? It's miserable. <laughs> uh, it's called a fucking closing, all right? Uh, you're right. Okay. Got it. Go wipe <laughs> your ass with something. Jesus. All right. So... Uh, let, me, let me go we, find a splinter. Oh, let me go find a splinter. Uh, Booyah. High five. Okay. <laughs> um, quick poll of, of the uh, cast. Um, how upset are we that this format is going to last for just about no time at all in comparison to other formats? What are you talking about? M12 pushes uh, M12 nothing pushes out. nothing it pushes out. nothing out? It, nothing rotates till October. The only yeah. rotation happens once a year. So when October comes around and the Stride comes out, then we'll the, lose Zendikar, the Zendikar block. block and and M11 rotate out. So you're going to have a... When M12 comes in, it takes nothing away and just adds. Why was I under the impression that only... Because M10 they did that last year yeah. and we thought it was awful and we it, assumed that it was a mistake. Yeah, and it's not. That's what they're, they're doing every the year. Only ones that, they, 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 <laughs> wow. They, they don't want too many rotations to confuse people <laughs> or whatnot. They, they just want one once a year. Everything rotates. And that's... You know, I, I can see the argument for that. You know, I mean... Huh. I mean, keep it simple, stupid, you know. It's, yep. You know, I mean, once a year. So yeah, no, you're going to get stuff added, you know. So this, so this Cobblade deck's going to be around for a long time. Preview weeks for yeah. uh, starts on June 27th for Wizards of the Coast. Um, the Bye-bye. Have you guys seen? Okay, so this, uh, okay. this came out today, right? No, this was uh, earlier this week. All right. This was, uh, I think, three days ago. Um, so the buy box promo now is going to be Chandra's Phoenix, which is a uh, it's a 2-2 for one red-red, which is uh, Flying Haste. And whenever a red instant sorcery or planeswalker deals damage to a player, you may return it from your graveyard to your hand. Um, it comes into play there, sir. Into no, your it's, hand. It's is it really? It's hand, yes. oh. Really? Never mind. I mean, to play is too good. So I don't it read seems spoilers. good and fair. I don't know. Yeah, like, not as good as Nether <sighs> Spirit. And I definitely, like, okay, the, my thing is, I have never seen a buy a box promo that hasn't been some kind of playable in 
standard. Right. Here's my take on it. Um, I don't think it's a good aggressive card. I think it's a good control card. That's exactly how I felt it. Because Nether Spirit, uh, you remember Nether Spirit? Yeah. In that in that deck, that like, I mean, not nearly as good as Nether Spirit, but this is standard. Right. Now it's totally different. But that being said, like, I don't know if it's counter burn or if it's some kind of like burn plus some other strategy deck. Feels like re- just recurring evasion creatures like that uh, get there at some point. Like, keep this thing in mind. I think. It's actually pretty good. I feel like it's a really good grindy card. Well, like, it's like it like uh, one of the one of our fans like like shot us a, a, a message on when I was on our Gmail. Gmail, sure. And uh, he was like, "What do you think of blah blah blah?" And I was like, "Oh, it feels like it'd be really good in, in like a, a counter post type of deck, or not a counter post, a hammer post type deck." Like count, hammer post being like hammer bower and plus Keldern outpost back yeah, in the day, yeah, and just being like a really slow grindy deck that just gets incremental damage in every single turn. And just controls the board. Yeah. Um, and that card seems like it fits in that type of strategy. Yeah. Can I finally live the dream of my four color reanimation strategy using Hedron Crabs to mill myself for Blood Gas, Vengevines, and Phoenix? So, Rick, what did you want to say? Yeah. It's um, so good. <laughs> you guys aren't excited about that? I can put so much value in my graveyard. So much value. I was just going to say that haste creatures are pretty good against Planeswalkers. So, you know, sometimes. I mean, yeah. Sometimes. I mean, because they surprise Only, you. Yeah, you especially when they bring a fucking blightning with them. <laughs> oh, well, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, um, what else? Uh, that's that's pretty much all we wanted to talk about tonight. We put up our, our viewer request thing way too late. So, um, Oh, we didn't get to talk about my my uh, oh, invitation qualifiers to, deck. You were supposed to chime in when we were talking uh, about it, and I thought you were embarrassed by it. That's why you didn't want to talk about it. You, don't want, I, you guys don't want to hear about Oh Snap? <laughs> um the deck's bad okay moving on <laughs> yep. yep that's end of story have you ever been killed by a bramble snap nope. yeah. no no us neither no so that's why it's an awful deck <laughs> nobody right. nobody's ever been killed by a bramble snap i ask you guys and the, if the listeners want to give feedback on this too because i'm talking to star city about future events um and i don't know if there's enough interest in it that it would be worth my while to recoup my money but we haven't had a legacy uh, IQ here in the Richmond area yet. Right. Um, I, they do those? Yes, you have the option of standard or legacy when you do it. I think IQ. if you can convince Star City Games to let you do it for free, you'll <laughs> that, that might be the only way. Um, yeah. You will. I think there's probably a handful of people in the area. Um, that being said, there's probably a, enough people in surrounding areas that will right. travel to yeah. one that's close by that you could probably get like a, well, an eight man off. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know my guys would like to play; they just don't have the card. You have to ramp up the yeah. publicity engine and get and get people to travel yeah, it's because have to be an event. like people. D- this area isn't a bastion of legacy players. No. Like I think uh, they got. I was I was at a store randomly. Uh, I was at Richmond Comics, and they randomly got an eight man uh, legacy event to fire at their F and M. And I was shocked. I was just like, completely baffled. Well, that if there's any store in they, the area that's going to do it, it's Richmond well. Comics. But yeah. it, like it was it was legitimately only so that they were all sitting around playtesting anyway, and they were like, because because I guess they have like at least one car going to Rhode Island, right? Uh, and well, so Eric, Eric Brown, and, yeah. Uh, so I think Josh Adams are both qualified. So. They need to like you know test, and so they have like magnetized enough people in. Um, I think you're gonna have a difficult time breaking even if you yeah, run yeah, that event. You need 24 people to break even on the regular ones, you yeah. know, and that's that's a lot to ask. I don't. It sounds. I, don't I, don't like I would like to do it. do it because I would like to bring it to the area. 
But it, 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 when you when you consider how many people you, you can pretty much guarantee to get with standard, even if people think the format stale slash broken slash uninteresting slash unfun, they they at least have the cards to play in it. Can yeah. you run one for extended? <laughs> that's Any, the one anybody? I would really need to get for anybody? free. Yeah, that's a good way to lose. I money. like extended. Uh, Rick, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk to you after the cast. Uh, I'll bring it. I'll bring it on next week, guys. There is a very interesting extended event happening on Moto uh, on Moto next week, organized by Gavin Verhey. Uh, more details in his article. I'll put a link in there. Um, is this the overextended? He, thing? Yeah. he's skewering uh, an initiative to try to kickstart an overextended format that which is something that um, there was a rumor about forever it's going to be very interesting we'll see if it works Uh, we'll talk about it uh, next time we're running out of time so uh, Chris Burroughs beer of the week you got some little midget green bottles over oh, there. Mickey's. That is not the beer of the week. Uh, really? Do I have to Mickey's? Nope, we're yep. not. No, it's uh, that. What Absolutely. Do you got? What not are they? The beer of the week. Mickey's. I've never seen that beer yeah, before. Give me in my that life. one. Give me that one. Hang on. What? We have, what? Uh, a real beer. Our, over our, here. Uh, surprise beer of the week. No, maybe drink, drink real quick. Maybe drink on. it. Right. You ready for this? Yeah, Ben's drinking. It's good. Mm. <laughs> All right, Mandy. Come, Mandy, come. beer of the week. Do it. <laughs> we have a guest guest to. What you don't want to you don't want to come tell us about the beer of the week? She's running away. She's scared of the microphone. Chris Burrow, snap decision. Uh, name of the beer and how you feel after you chugged half the bottle. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wailua Aloha series is a very interesting beer. It's really fruity for a beer. Does it taste like spam? <laughs> it does not. Because it- that, that, that's what they eat in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, that's how I heard it, actually. They eat spam and they eat right. pineapple. Does it, ta- does it taste like Have you a rainforest? Um, um, it, t- it, tastes, yeah. <laughs> it tastes like a waterfall on a hot chick, which is right on the label. Um, uh, it's a wheat ale brewed with passion fruit, and that's really interesting because... Because you can taste the I've pa- never had You can pa- taste the passion fruit in there? Taste the passion. It's so um, it's pretty, pretty sweet. <laughs> uh, mm, it's like... I don't know, it's just a really fruity wheat beer, and I really like it. It I, tastes like the kind of beer you would drink in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like So how many How many naked girls under the waterfall? How many? Yeah. Um I was gonna go darker than that. Uh, uh, go no, I was gonna be like, how, how many eruptive volcanoes is that? Um, <laughs> yes. Well, you know. Oh man, that is this is a four out four out of five erupted volcanoes. Um it's really good. Destroy like your tiki gods. I mean, yeah. Uh, this is at least, uh, what is Hawaii, like nine islands? This is at least nine islands. Nine islands? I don't know. I think it's like five islands. Five islands? I don't know. I just made Three that islands? Up. No, it's it's, it's seven. Right. It's seven islands. Sorry. Listeners, seven we've, islands. Already, we've already, in many, many casts past, we know all about geography said on that this we podcast. are idiots. <laughs> like, you could put a globe in front of us and no, we'd be like, I, what the fuck is this? Geography is not our strong suit. I was, I went back Hawaii and listened to the comments. I went back and looked at the comments about, like, I, I claimed that, like, uh, I was talking about I was San talking Antonio. About, yeah, I was talking like, about San Antonio or something, and it, just, I don't know. I don't know, it got really, really hazy for a little Texas while. Texas is the size of three Alaskas. And that's what? what? I that, don't know what's going on. I didn't uh, say that's not true. <laughs> I didn't say that. That's not true at all. Wait, what? Because we all have college degrees. Well, they say if you hand a, you hand a globe <laughs> in to geography, a high school student, only about fifty percent can actually point on the globe to where they live. Nice. 
I can't point awesome. to where I live. Jesus. Yeah. What's a globe? If you yeah. if, <laughs> if you like tap West Virginia, does Virginia get plus one plus one? Like just cause it's like like, like they're like they're like uh, Mishra's factories. No. No. Absolutely. Get out of here. Okay. They're like we, just they're like fucking now. veteran infantry veterans or whatever. Like, <laughs> oh. No, nobody, like, nobody plays that guy. It's like veteran armorers. Unless and shit. it's in limited, and you're Brian Kibler, and you love all of them, you you get like eight in the, at the pro tour. I right. guess that's fine if like Virginia's like Stormfront. We're getting pu- we're getting punchy. We gotta, we gotta go. <laughs> things are getting whiskey. In things front are of getting bizarre on the Scrubland Podcast, guys. We thank thank you for listening. Uh, Scrublandpodcast at gmail.com and Scrubland Podcast on Facebook. Gold Raiders Assassin was totally playable. That's you heard it here first. I've seen that thing in an infinite casual room deck. Yeah, playable in a deck. (laughs) Good night, guys.